board of the Lord's house and said to all the people, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to bring on this city and all its towns the entire calamity that I have declared against it, because they have stiffened their necks so as not to heed my words. We don't listen to God. God will send judgment. He does so. He, he tries to warn us about these things in His Word. He says, how could God be sending judgment on anyone if He loves them? Well, He warns you. He tells you. He tells you what's coming on the world. Now, this was their word from God. But the big question today is, here's number one. Point number one is the question, what is our word from God? What is our word from God today? As we look at our world and see these events going on in the world, what in the world is God saying to us? The picture on the screen is meant to remind you of what's happening today. You know, international reporters just a few weeks ago, just weeks ago, documented the opinions of the Ukrainian people, not only the Ukrainian people, but the Ukrainian president. They were confident confident there would be no invasion by Russian forces. They couldn't believe anyone would want to start a war given the bloodshed that would follow. Some of them said, and I quote, by the way, these were people who were living close to the front lines at the moment before the war started. They said they wouldn't do it because the troops in the trenches on both sides don't want to die. And across the country, there was a growing sense of calm that it would just never happen. But it did. The same came true in the time of Jeremiah. And in the time of Jeremiah, there were people who stood on different sides of the political spectrum and the theological spectrum. And as some listened to Jeremiah preach, they took issue with Jeremiah and said, you're talking that God is going to bring judgment to us in our nation, to us, the Jews. Remember, he was talking to the Jews of that day, to the people who lived in the very city of Jerusalem where the temple was. Jerusalem was at that moment surrounded by the Babylonian army. It looked like that they were going to rush in and, and take the land. And, and some said it could just never happen. It will never happen. One of those was a priest whose name was Pashur. He was a chief officer in the temple of the Lord. That was his name. We're going to talk about names today, Bible names, and they're very important. Pashur is going to get his name changed. You know, that's always significant in the Bible when God changes somebody's name. So look in chapter 20 of Jeremiah. This is our main text. We have one other. Chapter 20 of Jeremiah. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. When Pashur the priest, the son of Emmer, who was the chief officer in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things. Verse 2, Pashur had Jeremiah the prophet beaten and put him in stocks that were at the upper gate, which was by the house of the Lord. Now, if you don't know what stocks are, that's when they sort of put somebody's head in a yoke like this, and they put their hands here, and they're sort of squatted down, and they're they're locked there, and they stay there for a long time. So he had Jeremiah put in a position like that. He, he was beaten, and he left him there all night. Now, we sometimes think, because he did that, because he said, it could never happen here. It, could, it will never happen here. 
And so here's the second question that we need to ask. We're looking at the TV. We're watching what's going on in the Ukraine. They said it could never happen there. Let me ask you a question. Could God send judgment on our nation? Now, we think of our nation. We're America, after all. Why would God send judgment here? We are a good nation. Well, you just need to get your scripture straight because the Bible says there is none good, no, not one. Not one man that's good, nor one nation that is good. We are all susceptible to God's judgment. God would never send judgment here because, after all, America is the bastion of freedom. You remember the movie Patriot, and Mel Gibson says, Freedom, if you've ever seen it. That's a great movie, and I'm all with him about freedom, by the way. We need to know about Bible names. The name Pashur, it means freedom. He was all for freedom. And he said, it can never happen here. We are God's people. God would never do that. So you see how Jeremiah was beaten and warned to stop. And now verse 3. We pick up in verse 3 of chapter 20. We're in the Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, relating current events to the Scripture, or relating Scripture to current events. And asking, could judgment ever come on our nation? Verse 3, on the next day when Pashur released Jeremiah from the stocks, Jeremiah said to him, Pashur is not the name the Lord has called you, but rather, Megor Misabib. That's a big, long Bible word. It's hard for even me to pronounce. Megor Misabib. For thus says the Lord, behold, I'm going to make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends. And while your eyes look on, they will fall by the sword of their enemies. So I will give over all of Judah to the hand of the king of Babylon, and he will carry them all as exiles to Babylon and will slay them with the sword. I will also give over the wealth of this city, all its produce, all its costly things, even all the treasures of the kings of Judah I will give over to the hand of their enemies, and they will plunder them, take them away, and bring them to Babylon." And you, Pashur, and all who live in your house will go into captivity. You will enter Babylon, and there you will die, and there you will be buried, you and all your friends to whom you have falsely prophesied. Did you notice that Jeremiah gave him this name, Megor Misabib? Do you know what it means? It doesn't mean freedom. It means terror on every side. This is a recurring phrase, by the way, in the book of Jeremiah. And it related the coming judgment of God that was going to fall on his people. Now, I bring this message to you because there are some things that you need to hear, and you will not hear them on the news. You will hear about them, but you will not know what they mean, why they are happening, or what to do. Uh, The fact is, when you look at the news, you're just looking at an illustration of what happens in a world without God. Now let me share with you the other key passage of Scripture related to this one. It comes out of a different segment of history, but it's very much related. We look at what's going on in the world today, and we say, oh, this is what Jesus said. There will be wars and rumors of wars, and nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. This is the end times. But Jesus said in that same verse of Scripture, He said, but the end is not yet. 
And whether you know it or not, Jesus was basically quoting from this passage that we're going to look at in the Old Testament. 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. Very significant passage of Scripture for the world of our day. It said, In those days it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the land were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another and one city by another because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. What you see in those verses is what Jesus was telling us would happen right up until the end. Why is this so? Why is there? Here's the next question. Why is this pattern of turmoil in history? Here we are again. The world is on the brink of war. And, and we're on the brink. And you, you should, if you don't watch the news, you need to watch the news. You need to be alert to what's happening in the world. Not only do you need to be alert to what's happening in the world, you need to have your heart right for what's happening in the world because we don't know what might happen next. That's just a fact. We don't know what's happening. It can't be figured out looking at Scripture. Nobody has the pieces to the puzzle. We don't know that. No one has the answers. Not the president in the White House, not the UN, not NATO. No one knows what's happening or what's going to happen in our world. But whatever happens, we need to be prepared. We might not be here when whatever happens, happens. Because we might lose our life tomorrow because of some natural thing because of our health or some accident we need to be ready to meet Jesus whoever we are and wherever we are and a shudder ought to come over us when we read this this passage of scripture and why was it this way why was God troubling the world of that day particularly why would God trouble his people well it's in that very same passage of scripture the Bible says for a long time Israel was without the true God do you hear this is in the scripture 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2. For a long time Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. Why were they without a, the true God? Because they had forsaken Him. Why were they without a teaching priest? Because they had turned against God's messengers. And why were they without the law? Because they had abandoned the law. They had turned their backs on God's words and God's ways. And thus, the Bible says in chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, that was verse 3, by the way, verses 1 and 2, the Spirit of God came on Azariah, the son of Obed. This is a different segment of history, but the same passage relates to this time when the nations were being troubled with distress. Nation was rising against nation and city against city. And the Bible says, listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you're with him. He will, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. That's true in the life of an individual. It's also true in the life of a church. It's true in the life of a nation. When you forsake God, he will forsake you. He will forsake your nation. Even if your nation, you consider it to be a bastion of freedom, he will make you megor misabib, terror on every side. Now I need to relate another passage of scripture to you from the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 6. It relates what was happening. It relates what Jeremiah could see. What God had showed Jeremiah. What was coming. Chapter 6 of Jeremiah verse 22. Thus says the Lord, Behold, a people is coming from the north country. A great nation is stirring from the farthest parts of the earth. 
They lay hold on bow and javelin. They are cruel and have no mercy. The sound of them is like the roaring sea. They ride on horses and set in array as a man for battle against you, O daughter of Zion. It's against God's people. They're coming against you. Why would God send judgment on his people? Why? Well, because they had forsaken him. Because they had forgotten him. In Jeremiah's day, he said, You've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn for yourselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. You've turned your backs on me. And so Jeremiah said, We've heard the report of it. Our hands fall helpless. Anguish has taken hold of us. Pain as of a woman in labor. Go not out into the field, nor walk on the road, for the enemy has a sword. Terror is on every side. That is the same word. That is one word, Magor Misabib. It's the name that Jeremiah gave or the Lord gave to Pashur. Terror on every side. This was the preaching of Jeremiah. Uh, and Magor Misabib is what happens when God troubles the nations. There's terror on every side. There were nationalists in the days of Jeremiah who held up the flag and, and called for patriotism in face of the invaders. We need to wave the flag. We need to stand up for freedom. Instead, Jeremiah said, what we need to do is we need to turn to God and we need to repent. That's what we need to do. We live in a crumbling nation. You and I do. Look at it. Our morals have crumbled. Our families have crumbled. The fabric of our nation is being ripped apart by division and discord. Our government is in gridlock. Our churches are in danger of being padlocked. People People in every church in this land are so afraid that now we have to have security, people who carry guns at church, to protect us from what might happen to us. It used to be our protection was God, but what happens when our protection has been removed? Then terror is at the door. Megor Misabib. Did you know that just a few years ago, before our border was wide open and anybody who wanted to come from anywhere could come without any papers or anything else. Just a few years ago, in 2016, before the border was open like a floodgate, there were terror investigations in all 50 states. Megor Misabib, God said, Terror on every side. Terror on every side when you forsake me. That's the judgment that comes. Pashur said it could never happen, would never happen. It, our nation is secure from danger. And that's what the people in the Ukraine said just not too many weeks ago. By the way, when Jeremiah took that jar and cast it down, he cast it down into the valley of Ben-Hinnom and he broke it to pieces. Do you know the valley of Ben-Hinnom in the Old Testament is a picture in the New Testament of the place of torment for those who reject God? It's called Gehenna, and it refers back to that garbage dump of Jerusalem where the fire never went out and the worm never stopped churning. Hell is Megor Misabib, it's terror on every side, where people wail day and night and there is no escape. The picture of what we're seeing in our world is a picture of things that can come. 
unless we turn to God. You remember September the 11th, 2001. After that event came for one week in our church in Hamilton, Alabama, when I was pastor there, we took a, an American flag as almost as wide as that back wall and hung it down in front of our church. And for one week, everybody was a patriot and everyone turned to God. And it lasted about a week. And what happened after that? What we said we would never forget, we forgot altogether. And so God troubles the nations, and there's terror on every side. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. That same passage of Scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 4. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel. They sought Him, and He let them find Him. This is the opportunity given to us. It's time for us to recognize that our protection has been removed and that we need to seek the Lord. You need to seek the Lord for yourself personally. You need to seek the Lord for your family. You need to pray that God would put a hedge of protection around your family, around your children, around your grandchildren. You need to pray that God would put a hedge of protection around your church. You need to pray that God would put a hedge of protection around our nation. And so in that same passage of Scripture in verse 6, in that part of history, there was another king called Asa when he heard this message. The Bible says in verse 6, he removed the abominable idols from the land. He restored the altar of the Lord. Verse 12, then they entered into covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and all their soul. Verse 15, all Judah rejoiced concerning the oath. For they had sworn with their whole heart and sought him earnestly. And he, that's God, he let them find him. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. It's one word. Nuachimis Abib. Rest on every side. There's, there's the choice. Nuachimis Abib. Rest on every side. Megormis Abib. Terror on every side. Nuachimis Abib is heaven. Rest on every side. Megormus Obib is hell. Terror on every side. Night and day. No escape. And your only hope to escape this and have this is to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So here's the last question. Is it time for you to seek the Lord? Maybe you never have. Maybe you never felt a need to. Maybe you never sensed there was an urgency There's an urgency. There's an urgency. You know, most of the time we can guarantee there's going to be a tomorrow, at least to some degree. Odds are. I guess you could go down to the casino if you were a betting person, place a bet that would be a pretty good chance that there would be a tomorrow. But in the world we live in right now, there's no guarantee of any kind. Really, there never has been. There's no guarantee that I will be here tomorrow. I don't want what my heart might do. You don't know what your heart might do. 
We've had a world that's lived in fear for the last two years of a virus. And now we're living in fear again of something worse than a virus. The world didn't turn to God when the virus came. We will see what the world does next. What will you do? Let's pray.